Tappers, what's up? It is the Friday edition of the Daily Tap. Hope you're doing well. We have made it to yet another Friday. It is a football Friday, as they say in the biz. We are talking, should I bet my team Packers and Badgers edition? We'll break down the Packers and Saints spread, the over-under. We'll talk through both of those. Then we'll talk a little bit about the NFL lines this week. Um, great week to fade the public. Make sure you join our Pick'em Contest on PlayActionPools.com. Sent out the link a few times. If you need it, reach out. Uh, DM me, Twitter, uh, Instagram. I'll probably send out another link today. Uh, getting you guys in the mix. Um, once we have a final tally on how many are in, we will set a dollar amount. But I think we have like over 10 now. Um, so at least 100 bucks will probably go. Um, and that's why 75, 25, something like that. Get some money in your pocket, get you, get you feeling good and appreciate the support. We will also talk about the Badgers. We will do some betting previews on Wisconsin. They play Eastern Michigan, a step down from Penn State. We'll talk through that line. We'll talk through what I like about that game. A little different. I think it's not going to be spread or over-under, but we'll get into that as we get closer to the Wisconsin and then talk through uh, the Week 2 lines in college football as well. Again, not as exciting of a slate as we had in Week number 1, but that's that's okay. It's how, that's how they get you in. That's how they suck you in. But let's talk about the Packers. So Green Bay Packers are a three and a half point favorite against the New Orleans Saints. That line has dropped from four to three. They are playing in Jacksonville. A three and a half for the Green Bay Packers feels like I should basically bet the mortgage on it. Now I do not have a mortgage, but it it feels almost too easy. And that always scares you. That always scares you that it's is this a rat line? Are is this Vegas saying, okay? Three and a half, like, don't you like that? Because you buy that down to three and you're like, all right, here we go. And buying a point down means that you save yourself if the Packers win by a field goal. If the Packers win by a field goal, you push. And I always recommend this. Um, I don't know. I can't say it enough. I think we did talk about this last year. But seriously, if it's 14 and a half, it's thir- three and a half. If it's seven and a half, always buy that point some people would say that's loser behavior those people can go fuck themselves those people don't like to make money because seriously that is how you basically save yourself sometimes because yeah vegas is good at their job they know what the hell they're doing so avoid that and at least get the push and it sucks to push but worst case scenario you just get your money back that's that's all that happens would you rather get your money back or would you rather lose that money ask yourself that question that's that's easy that's simple but anyways three and a half looks so easy it looks too easy it looks like it looks like it's just right there for the taking like that we look at that and we say all right we're gonna run straight to the bank because i think everything we've seen from the green bay packers leading up to this week tells you this team is ready for almost a statement that they're ready to say we're here, motherfuckers. Like we are, we are the hungriest team. We are the team that's going to win the Super Bowl. We want to make a statement. And so, how do the Packers not cover? That's, I think, the bigger question, right? 
Like, how does Green Bay not cover this three? Because I feel very confident. Like, more confident than I usually do in a week one setting. Because the week one's tough. Although, I did feel really good about the Packers last year in week one where I believe they were underdogs against the Minnesota Vikings on the road. So the reasons why they wouldn't cover. Uh, Jameis Winston exposes the defense down the field. He's able to get into a shootout. It's similar to what we saw in Dallas and Tampa Bay where it's last team with the ball wins and the Saints end up having the ball last and they win the game. That that would be a way the Packers don't cover. Uh, another way the Packers might not cover is let's say there's an injury to the offensive line. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the time to throw. The game gets pretty ugly and the Saints are able to kind of muck it up and win the game. That's another way. Um, the Packers can't stop Alvin Kamara. Um, that to me would be another way that they would not cover. Um, that Alvin Kamara goes off. He has a huge day on the ground and through the passing game. And that Alvin Kamara just is too much of a factor back. Shout out Mara Hodge. Uh, to be, and the Packers lose the game. That's, I guess, the three ways I would see potentially the Packers not covering against the Saints. Because those are all pretty realistic, right? Like Jameis Winston, last team with the ball, they win the game. Um, I feel like that could happen. But again, do you, see, this is where I come back to it. Like, while I could see all three of those scenarios happening, I also think about it and I'm like, Jameis Winston, last guy with the ball, do you really feel confident in Jameis Winston that he's going to make the right decision? I, I don't. Right? Like, we've seen way too much tape on Jameis Winston. We'll probably throw a backbreaking interception at some point. You are who you are at a, a certain juncture, right? I wrote about Mike McCarthy for tabbingthekeg.com this morning about how watching the, the Dallas Cowboys yesterday, you basically had this feeling of watching the Packers. Like, you, you had this moment of, like, all right, yeah, that's Mike McCarthy. That's the Mike McCarthy I know. I thought Mike McCarthy actually coached a pretty good game, but then there were those moments like the second down run to Zeke and kind of playing for the field goal that was were so McCarthy at Hurts and just reminded you of what you cheered for for so many years. That's to me like Jameis Winston, right? Like we can see Jameis Winston maybe progressing, developing, all checking all the boxes that he needs to, but then... At some point, he's Jameis Winston. If if I could bet, I have no idea what the prop is on Jameis Winston interceptions. I'm sure it's like minus 200, something like that. Obviously, that's an easy prop and not one that is worth the juice because it's that's I mean that's a huge amount. But if you could bet something like two or three interceptions for Jameis Winston, don't you have to bet it? Because at the end of the day, I think the turnovers are what's going to be the difference here for the Green Bay Packers and why like even though I, I put these hypotheticals you are who you are and Jameis Winston while he, a guy who can push the ball downfield he makes some just terrible decisions and despite Sean Payton being this great coach and working with Jameis likely on the decision making when you get into the game you can tell somebody yeah yeah I'm not going to do this I'm not going to do this and then you end up doing it once you're in the moment. We we just react differently as human beings. Like that's that's a human trait, right? You don't just fix that overnight. Maybe by middle of the year, Jameis Winston has worked on his decision making and finally is seeing it. Like 
there's that's another thing. Like he's been told for the last gosh year with Drew Brees and with Taysom Hill, like, hey, you got to do this, you got to do that, yada yada. But he wasn't doing it on the field. Now he will actually be on the field, and what will that look like? So I personally, again, it's really hard for me not to think about the minus three and just throw everything on it because I, I feel like it, it's a as good of a bet. Now, 84% of the public being on the Packers at this point. Now, public numbers, it's Friday. It's, it's very early, right? We'll have to see what it looks like come Sunday. But 84% of the public being on the Packers makes me very, 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 very nervous. That is a huge number. When you get into the 80s, that is when you want to look the other way. We'll talk about this when we talk about our kind of fade the public segment here after about week one, because I think that's where you can make some real money and really make some moves. So we'll talk about that in a second. But that makes me extremely nervous. I, I hate that. I'm never going to go against my team. You know, that's kind of my rule is even if I don't think the Packers or any of the other teams are going to cover, I'm never going to say, all right, this is, you know, this isn't happening. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm going to bet against my team. I'd never do that. It's not my, it's not my thing. It's not my steez. So when we look at the over under, the over under is set at 50. So that's not bad over under, right? That's actually kind of an intriguing over under. Um, if you really like the over, you could parlay the Packers just to win. So you take the spread out minus one eighty five with the over. That probably pays out pretty well. That is plus two hundred. So that two to one, it's not bad. It's not not a bad not bad little investment if you if you're into that. Um, I don't know if I recommend that. I'm not a huge fan of the same game parlay. Um, I I think it's a in full transparency, FanDuel promotes it. I think Barstool does a little bit too. I think it's a little scammy because I think it's like, oh yeah, you see those odds and you're like, holy shit, plus 200, plus 400. Like that's what it is. But you have to check two boxes and it's hard to win parlays. It's just, it's not, it's not an easy thing. You don't just every day win a parlay. If you, if you do it right, maybe you can, but it's, it's not, it's not a like, a given that you're going to win both these games and parlays are how parlays and teases are how Vegas keeps their money keeps the houses in, in Vegas right so that to me is is a real is kind of a risk but I do like the over two um I wouldn't bet it um the reason why is because we don't know what the Saints offense looks like um we don't know how this offense is going to play in week one. I think with teams that are kind of more unpredictable in terms of their offensive capabilities or teams who've revamped their defense, I would stay off over-unders at least for two or three weeks um, and just sort of let and let everybody else bet them. Like let, there will be people that will bet it and you'll just let, let them do it. Like let them sweat it out because we have no idea what this Saints offense is. By week three, week four, we're going to kind of know like can they move the ball just like they did with Drew Brees or are they a, they a bad offense that we could actually look at unders and maybe inflated lines? Because I do think the Superdome, when they're back, they treat that place like 
Coors Field. And for some reason, it happens. Points happen a lot there. I don't exactly get it. But it is it is a place where you can see a lot of offense. But yeah, it, the Saints might be a good offense to short later on in the year, but we just don't know. So I, I would not recommend the over-under for the Green Bay Packers. So yes, I would take the Packers minus three. I would not take the first quarter. Shout out to Murph, first quarter Murph. I would not recommend first quarter Murph for this one. Um, that would not be one of my plays just because I think that it's, um, you don't know, right? It's on the road. Maybe, now I'm, now I'm rethinking it, Murph. And Murph's not here, obviously. But the first quarter Murph might actually be worth a play because you have the first quarter of Jameis Winston and Jameis Winston still learning, still developing. Yes, there will be some emotion for the Saints trying to do it for the city. But I, yeah, I think you got to like the first quarter Packers. I think first quarter Packers is is a good play as well. Um, as I said that, I was like thinking through this a little bit more, and I'm like, you know what? That is a good play, my friend. So yes, I I would take first quarter Packers there. Um, funny story about first quarter bets. So Murph has got me into those, and yesterday I looked at Dallas Tampa Bay, and I had Dallas, um, which credit to me but but like look i'm gonna have bad bets i'll I'll, i have i'll ruin it probably with baseball today but i so i had dallas um i actually brought it up to 10 because i was like all right why not bring it up to 10 worst case scenario you push if it's like a kind of a blowout maybe dallas backdoors it so i brought up to 10 but then i was like "I'll, i'll hedge just in case like brady blows them out and the hedge was the first quarter so the Buccaneers did not win the first quarter. Dallas got a touchdown with about a minute left. And I'm like, ah, fuck, you know, that sucks. And so I go to look at my account, um, I think after the game. And I actually won the bet. I was like, what is that a mistake? I had accidentally bet the second quarter, which was minus three. And that was a winner. <laughs> so I ended up getting away with it, uh, which is cr- great. Um, that doesn't always work. Uh, that doesn't always happen. So be advised that this is not common, but that thankfully worked out for me, uh, this week. So I wanted to talk about the week one games for a second. Um, I'll try not to go too long and the fade the public mentality. So if you're not a better or you're just getting into it or it's whatever, Fade the public means if there's a lot of public money on something, you go the other way. It's part of the reason I bet the Cowboys yesterday because that line was seven and a half to start the week and it moved up to nine. And I was like, that's just too many points. And at at seven, I might have bet that. I might have bet Tampa Bay, honestly. If it stayed at seven, I might have looked at Tampa Bay. But I thought also, I, what I did is I looked back at like what Dallas did with Dak last year. And I'm like, all these games were really close, man. So I went with Dallas, um, felt really good about it. And that was, what, that was kind of my approach. And I, I did fade the public there. So now looking at the general consensus of where, where the money is kind of going at this point, it, it's a good read. It's still really early. I think it'll calm down as the week goes on. Um, it'll tighten itself up. But right now, some of the stuff you're looking at is you have Tennessee has about a 72% on the handle of minus three. Jaguars, 76%. Uh, Minnesota, 71%. So those are all games where I look at it and I'm like, all right, that the blinking, the flashing red lights are up. You know, 76%, that's a lot. Um, it, with for, Especially for a team like Jacksonville with Urban Meyer, are we... 
Are we really sure that that makes the most sense in the world? Uh, the Buffalo Bills are 77% at minus 6.5. I couldn't love Pittsburgh more in that game, actually. I think that is a great bet for Pittsburgh. I even kind of maybe look at the money line there to sprinkle. 82% are on the San Francisco minus 8.5 against the Detroit Lions. I think Detroit, I think San Francisco is the survivor killer. I, I understand. San Francisco looks so fucking easy. All right? And it might be. But I'm telling you, one of the things I have a take on, and we'll talk a lot about this when we talk about Packers lines next week, is I think Dan Campbell is going to have his guys playing in in September. I think you are going to see Dan Campbell sort of really show his teeth early on as a coach. And those that, that you'll see. And I think that's where Detroit would not shock me if Detroit wins this game. And they're 1-0 against the Packers. I actually would love it for Green Bay because I think then you'd have the letdown of it. Packers kick their ass. Here we go. So, yes, 82% of the handle on the San Francisco 49ers. 70% on Cleveland, although that line has fallen from 6.5. It's now down to 5.5. I assume that is due to Tyron Matthew potentially not playing. I think if he doesn't play, that is a Browns bet for sure. I already like the Browns right now at plus 5.5. Also, you have 87% of the handle on the Los Angeles Rams, 7.5 against the Chicago Bears. I do like that. I hate that that is so public. Um, it's But it, it's things like set up easily for you, right? When looking at, you know, a, a tease like San Francisco, Los Angeles, Buffalo, you're like, how does that lose? And trust me, they do. If you, like, I've, I've been there. I've looked at those. I've, I've had that, that moment where I'm like, how does this lose? I have no idea. And then it loses and you're like, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, it's possible, man. I just be careful. Early season is a landmine. By about week three or week four, you start understanding it a little bit. You start knowing who's good, who's bad. Not always, but you at least have a better idea. So just with the bigger like parlays and things like that, just don't overdo it week one. Just have one or two, ride it out, and you might get the clear picture. So again, I like the Packers minus the three. Buy it down if you can get it at three. I would imagine by... Sunday, it's going to be at four again, which that's okay. And I told myself I should have bet this at three back in, you know, a few months ago. And now the opportunity has has arisen yet again um, as the line fall a little, fell a little bit. So we'll see. But yeah, I hate the public money, but I, I got to go with the public here. And in other spots, you can fade the public. I think that's okay. I think that's kind of what I'll leave you with is you don't, always fade the public you don't have every time you see a huge number and a bunch of people on it like that isn't an immediate trigger to go against it some guys do that a lot of like quote-unquote sharps will do that but here's the thing sometimes it just makes sense sometimes it's just like yeah that's that is the line like bears rams like yes the rams should be favored by seven and the rams will probably cover that i feel pretty good about andy dalton being absolute trash and the bears not having an offensive line how do they they screw that up well maybe andy dalton gets hurt and then justin fields comes in and lights it up like that would be to me the only way that you don't see the seven get covered and the rams have owned the bears it's been sloppy they've been gross games but it's how does a Rams under T is not not cover itself in the same game? I don't know. 
right? Like, I have zero idea. Um, but that to me is are, are like opportunities where sometimes fading the public is not always the right way. Just because a ton of people are on the Rams doesn't mean you have to go with the Bears, especially if you don't like the Bears. If it makes you feel uncomfortable at times, like betting the Lions or betting the Texans, which I might do both, um, yeah, that's that's football, right? That's that's kind of what it is, and that 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 can happen. So don't. Just completely fade the public, but also don't just ride with the public on everything. All right, let's talk about college football before we ride out of here. So the Wisconsin Badgers are favored by 25 and a half against Eastern Michigan. They are a large favorite. This is a quite the difference between their matchup with Penn State. I think it's about 20 points different. Uh, they also, the over-under is 52 for that game. Eastern Michigan comes to town after beating up on an FCS team last week. It sounds like they are going to roll with their senior transfer quarterback, Ben Bryant, versus uh, Peyton Hutchinson, who was their quarterback last year. Eastern Michigan does have a decent offense. They do bring back a lot of starters. But the problem with Eastern Michigan is they can't stop the run. And so that, to me, sends off you know, sparks flying. The Badgers are just going to have a massive day on the ground. That said, I am not going to endorse a Badgers 25 and a half point uh, play because that just does not feel right to me. After what we saw with this Badgers offense last week, I know Penn State, Eastern Michigan, it is a canyon of difference, right? But at the same time, I don't know what you're getting with this Badgers team. I cannot trust Wisconsin to cover 25 and a half. I will not feel good about laying that number with this Badgers offense. Had they looked awesome against Eastern Michigan, I think you're saying, oh yeah, full steam ahead. They're going to dominate this game. I can't endorse that. And honestly, even if they did look awesome, I think I wouldn't endorse it either because I'd be like, this is a letdown spot. Like, that's what you also have to be careful of. It's like you went from playing a Big Ten team, which I know a lot of people had problems with conference games week one. You go from playing a conference opponent to playing a MAC opponent, you're going to naturally let yourself down a little bit. Now, the Big Ten has had some real good success against the MAC, especially in the last few years. Not last year, withstanding, because they all played conference games. But in years past, the Big Ten has owned the MAC and has done, done well against the MAC. It's a night game at Camp Randall, so I think the juice will be higher, right? You're going to have a lot of energy in that stadium. Uh, night games are always a big deal at Camp Randall, and it's going to be warm. It's going to be hot in, in Wisconsin on, on Saturday. So not only that, you're just going to have everybody in your cups. I think it'll be an awesome environment. But still, I don't feel great about betting East, uh, Wisconsin. Like, if this was not a team I cheer for, I'd probably even potentially look at Eastern Michigan. But the night game stuff, I probably would pass just altogether. And I'd just say, all right, whatever. You guys can do it. I'm not going to play a part in it. Just because there, it, you, there's still a lot of unknowns about Wisconsin. I don't think we know what this Wisconsin offense is going to look like. And in fact, I don't know if we're really going to have that answer for quite a while because you play Eastern Michigan, they could look great against Eastern Michigan, but then in two weeks you play Notre Dame. So you play another huge opponent right off the bat. So are you going to, how are you going to respond after what you did against Penn State and only scored 10 points? And trust me, you're going to need more than 10 points to keep up with that Notre Dame offense, which is pretty impressive. Then the week after you have Michigan. Now I don't know 
what your what Michigan is yet. Now, again, another example of a Mac versus a Big Ten team. Michigan wiped the floor with Western Michigan. Everybody got very excited about Michigan. They did lose their star receiver, Ronnie Bell, who's out for the season with a knee injury. Uh, the line for Michigan and Washington has inflated to, I believe, six, and it started at minus two and a half. I actually really like Washington in that spot just because I feel like that's an overreaction to week one. That's a clear overreaction to week one so but again that's not an easy start for wisconsin's offense so we might not know what this team looks like you could argue that wisconsin is going to be a really hard team to bet on at least early on and maybe their dog against notre dame and i actually think if wisconsin i don't know what the line looks like if i had to guess um, maybe it's like four or five to Notre Dame. And if that's the case, then I'm going to like Wisconsin in that game just because Notre Dame struggled to stop the run. And I think right there is going to be proving the point putting that Wisconsin can win that game. But that's another story for another time. And if Wisconsin looks like complete dog shit against Eastern Michigan, yeah, that line's going to go higher. And then it's like, is this team even like a bowl team? Maybe, nah, that's too far. But is this team a you know big 10 contender let's just put it that way are they a team that can contend to win the big 10 west or are they just going to be a middle of the road big 10 team if they struggle again with eastern michigan so i would not recommend the 25 at all that to me feels like a pure stay away i would recommend the first half under so not necessarily a full game under which is 52 the 20 i think it was 28 and a half i would buy it up to 28 if i could because those teams will be moving at full tilt. I don't think Wisconsin's going to completely embarrass Eastern Michigan right out the gates and score 35 points, something like that. I think you will see the Badgers, you know, bear down. If you get a defensive, like a pick six, that might be a way you lose that. But I would not bet the under for the full game just because if it does get to a blowout state, garbage time can lead to a lot of bad news for unders. And so that's where I would stay away from the full game. I would invest in that first half under because you have both teams playing at full tilt you have a scoring defense in wisconsin that doesn't allow a ton of points and that'll be a culture shock for eastern michigan going from an fcs team to one of the best defenses in college football i think they're (laughs) they will definitely feel that especially early on maybe they get more comfortable as as the game goes on and then wisconsin still kind of figuring things out you're basically betting against that offense really going full tilt from the start of the game that's not to say by the end of the game they don't look great but it's more saying like yeah they're not going to be at peak potential to start this one and that's where that first half under comes in as for the slate uh this week like we said it's not the best slate i feel like that happens a, a bit with college football after week one it's like this little bit of a hangover of like all right there's only a couple good games and then that's it like you have oregon and ohio state uh, at 11 a.m that big noon kickoff ohio state 14 and a half point favorite i don't know i kind of like oregon in that i know they didn't look good last week but i'm still not like entirely sold on ohio state i realize that they have great wide receivers, but that that quarterback, C.J. Stroud, really struggled early on. I know we figured it out in the second half. It's, it's going to be tough. I don't know. I, I That might be a game-time decision for me, uh, but that is one of the premier games of the weekend. You also have Iowa, Iowa State. Iowa State, four-and-a-half-point favorite. It feels, I was listening to the Pick'em podcast, it feels like a rat line, right? Four-and-a-half just feels like, 
it's a little bit Iowa's dominated Iowa State throughout the years, but I think it's are you going to be a rat and take the cheese and bet Iowa, or are you going to bet Iowa State to finally figure it out? I don't know yet. <laughs> Again, another one. I'm sorry. I I want to like I want to give you my opinions, but sometimes it's just it's hard. Like. Gun to my head, I would bet Oregon. Gun to my head, I'd bet Iowa State just because I think it's a rat line and I have futures on Iowa State. So I sometimes you bet with your futures, sometimes you don't. But it's not to say that I can't change because I've done this show before where I, I, I endorse something and then I get into it and I, I, I really drill down and I'm like, actually, I'm going to go the other way. <laughs> so that's why I don't want to like fully... Full, I can see both sides of the Iowa. Like I can see you taking the cheese and saying... These games are always close, and you know maybe do you look at the Iowa State money line? I'm not sure. Um, is that's definitely a way to go, but I know there'll be people loading up on Iowa, especially after last week. But I just think that might be an overreaction to Indiana just being an average football team. That to me is what what that looks like. You also have Texas, Arkansas. That line's a little sneaky. It's Texas minus seven. Uh, Arkansas did look all right. I mean, kind of a look ahead against Rice. They ended up covering late, um, but I, mm, I don't know about that one. I, I, I think that's that's another one that keep an eye. Arkansas is going to be fired up for that one. Everybody likes beating Texas. The SEC versus the Big Twelve. I think you're, you'd have a, a scenario where Arkansas covers that, especially the home environment. Too like, don't discount that. That's that home field advantage we talked about. I love Appalachian State, uh, plus nine against Miami. Um, Miami playing Alabama, they do want to respond. Appalachian State is a bear to play. And Appalachian State is going to give Miami a game. And I think App State keeps it close. And I really like uh, App plus nine. We talked about um, Wisconsin-Michigan, or Washington-Michigan, sorry, where Wisconsin-Washington-Michigan, that I like Washington that. Holy War, uh, Utah against BYU at seven. Ooh, I don't know. Uh, that to me feels BYU-ish, uh, just as they're at home. Now, BYU, I didn't think looked great against Arizona, but it, again, home rivalry, full fans. I think you, you go BYU there. And then lastly, USC and Stanford. I love USC minus 17. Uh, USC looked great in their first game. Stanford looked like absolute dog shit. Um, I think it's a great spot for USC. Hopefully that thing hangs on at 17 because I think USC is a team. Not only do you bet that, you could also maybe tease that down to 10. You could also look at USC as a money line team, as a, as a team to kind of anchor whatever you're putting together from a parlay perspective. So that's kind of week two. Again, not not great. I didn't expect to go through all the games, but I was just like, all right, here's some here's some takes. Like here's what I have for you. I'm sorry that I was a little wishy washy on Iowa, Iowa State, and Texas, Arkansas. I apologize. We'll we'll try to avoid that next time around if I'm talking about those games. But yeah, it's it's gonna be a fun weekend. I we have a full weekend of college football, football, really everything. Like we have college football, we have NFL. Tom Fernelli had a thing in his email where like a hundred plus days of the next 150 have football involved in it. Just enjoy it, man. Like I wouldn't say don't overdo it. Like, you know, you have Kansas coastal Carolina tonight. Like you probably don't need to watch that. Right. Like we probably, you probably can hang out with your significant other. We do have the Brewers though, against the Indians, which by the way, separate to this Brewers are like minus 155 against Eli Morgan, who's been awful this year like 
don't know. I, I, I love the Brewers in that spot. Also, do you bring back the Wisconsin parlay with the Brewers and Packers on Sunday? I don't know who, who's pitching for the Brewers, but might have to happen. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. And soccer's back. You have EPL and club soccer's back this weekend as well. So just a lot going on. Um, can't wait. Really excited for it. Also, too, um, you know, 20th anniversary of September 11th. I always watch the Red Bandana uh, feature that ESPN did years ago. Um, more than ever, you know, obviously not forgetting what happened that day. And it's it's one that will etch in the memories. I know I kind of just transitioned up very quickly, but I think like you can't not talk about the weekend and not at least mention uh, September 11th. I still remember I was seven in seventh grade. Uh, we locked down Link, Longfellow Middle School. I remember running around uh, the playground with one of my friends and saying, the world's ending, the world's ending. I, I still remember that. And I still remember, you know, I, I didn't know better. I was fucking 12. And I got home. I walked home. I walked home because it was a quick walk home when I went to Longfellow. And my dad was home. And this was like 3.30. And my dad never came home after work. Like my dad was... He would be, you know, normal, 5, 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock. My dad was home. And, like, and that's, like, how I knew how serious this was. And I watched a lot of it. And I would just been to New York literally a year ago. And I'd been at the World Trade Center. And my mom had had business with Oppenheimer, who had a, a built, you know, they had an office in, in the World Trade Center. And we stayed at the Marriott that was hit by some of the shrapnel that was right next to the World Trade Center. And that's where we stayed when we went to New York. And we, my parents had drinks. We were obviously joining them, but I was like 10 or 12, whatever. And at the world's tallest bar, which was on the top of the World Trade Center. And I still remember, I don't, I don't remember I asked. I know I thought about it. And I was like, what if someone just jumped from here? And it's crazy that like it happened that next year. And that kind of everything changed. I fake sick. Um, I was playing football. I fake sick because I wanted to be home watching the coverage. I think that was a time where I really thought about the news as a as a career. Now, obviously, I didn't do anything with it. Um, I did graduate with a journalism degree, but I remember being just encapsulated with the story and like wanting to know as much as we could. And it was great to hear that a lot of people from the Oppenheimer. Uh, that we met were okay um, but it was it's such a day where I think it matters more to those who are in the on the east coast but it, it's hard not to think about it um, on Saturday so just wanted to add that I know I didn't talk about that in the open I was gonna that was kind of my Chuck's corner for today um, but I forgot to mention that at the start but yes uh, we obviously remember 9-11 and don't forget it and i think the yankees and mets playing on 9-11 um on fox at night will be really special so maybe take some time to watch the opening of that um on on saturday night all right that does it take care have yourself an awesome weekend we will talk on monday oh by the way monday so game will go finish up about seven o'clock um usually i'll eat some dinner after dinner i will pop on we'll do the podcast the review obviously right after the game on all the socials twitter instagram uh tiktok but yes we'll probably do the podcast podcast probably up i don't know eight o'clock nine o'clock 
We'll talk about that about the game. We'll talk about what happened with the Packers. We'll do our star ratings and everything like that. TBD on when we're going to do with Mitch. I didn't get to talk to him about kind of a consistent programming with him, um, but we'll we'll get to that. We'll we'll sort of think that out and 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 definitely sort of try to get more of a consistency with Mitch as we talk about the NFL season. All right, take care, guys. Have yourself a fantastic weekend. Uh, we'll talk after the Packer game on Sunday. All right, take care, guys. Have a good one. Bye.